This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker Spine and Orthopedic Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Alfonso Garcia, an orthopedic spine surgeon in Tijuana, Mexico, and international faculty for JoyMax. Dr. Garcia, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I know I've got a lot to talk about, so let's dive right into our discussion. What are some of the top challenges that you're anticipating in 2022? Definitely one of the most important I've seen here in my office is to recover patients' trust. Uh, continue to offer a safe environment where our patients feel comfortable. It's very important. And nowadays, I do have about 30% of my patients coming from the U.S. They cross the border and they do feel a little bit uncomfortable because of the covid so recovering their trust is one of my main goals this year. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it is really interesting to think about um, what that will take, I guess, from your perspective. How are you rec- gaining back their trust? Are you um, doing any type of outreach or, or what changes are you making to make sure that, you know, they feel comfortable coming to see you again? Yes, I do a lot of uh, writing through my uh website and my uh, social media. So I make videos of how the uh, facility looks like and how to just be safe on the hospital, how to safely uh, ride up the elevators, how to use their mask, what to do once they come into our office, uh, things like that. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's really helpful, I'm sure, for patients as they certainly will need these procedures and surgeries going forward. When you think about a little bit more long term, your practice, what do you see as being some of your biggest opportunities for growth? I love that question. Uh, And I have to brag about the city where I live in, if you don't mind. Uh, Tijuana is actually the busiest city in Mexico for people seeking medical tourism services. So uh, currently spine surgery is not in the top 10, unfortunately. Uh, Endoscopic spine procedures are being done widely at ASCs and Mexico is not an exception. Uh, We offer that service. We know for a fact that local and international patients are looking for the least invasive options to take care of their back problems. We are gifted to be at a very special location, geographically speaking, of course, and we understand the language and are internationally recognized as a reference center for minimally invasive and endoscopic spine procedures. So there's definitely a lot of work to do and keep moving forward. I expect that very soon Tijuana will be a flagship representing top of the line hospitals and ASCs, becoming a very attractive destination for spine care. That's so interesting to hear. you know, obviously there's a lot of dynamics out there with how healthcare is being paid and people really looking for um, the best value quality for, for the best price and the price that makes sense. When you look at medical tourism, how do you expect it to grow and develop in the coming years? What trends are you seeing? Uh, very interesting trends that are here on, on my point of view to stay. I mean, simple tools that bring patients closer to their physicians through telemedicine platform is one of the most interesting changes that has made a big difference on how we practice medicine today. Now, if we look at spine procedures, I can proudly say that more than 90% of the degenerative spine pathology can be treated 
with the aid of a highly specialized endoscope and endoscopic tools. So more than half of those procedures are done safely without anesthesia. And they are done through conscious sedation and local anesthesia. The patient is able to leave the medical facility just hours after the surgery and back at home where they can feel more at ease. And uh, another thing that is happening is that we have navigation uh, devices that makes uh, these events even more precise and safer for the whole team, including the patient, since there's, uh, since there's little to no radiation exposure. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you've mentioned a few different technologies, whether it's endoscope or some of the navigation technologies, which are, seem really interesting. Are there other things that you have your eye on? What's the next iteration of how technology and spine will evolve and really you know, make the procedure better for patients and surgeons as well? I think uh, looking more and more to having procedures at an ambulatory uh, uh, center is definitely what's going to happen in the upcoming years. Uh, there's no more need or very little need to uh, do big spine surgery nowadays. You have many options. Even fusion surgery can be done as an outpatient procedure. And patients are surprised as much as uh, surgeons who are uh, recently training in this uh, approaches, new approaches. So I, I see a less and less invasive uh, option for uh, taking care of the same problems that we used to five or 10 years ago. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like it's a really fantastic opportunity. What do you think um, will make that more widespread, especially with spine surgeons? I know internationally endoscopic uh, spine surgery can be pretty common in some places and not as much in the U.S. as it is in other countries. Do you see that changing a bigger trend towards an endoscope or are there other, um, you know, roadblocks that, that you see that will continue to prevent it from really becoming as widespread in the U.S.? Yes, uh, excellent point. The, the biggest hurdle that uh, we had to overcome was to uh, jump from conventional surgery or open surgery to minimally invasive options. So now uh, most of the surgeons are very familiar with minimally invasive techniques. But if you look to what is happening now, endoscopic surgery is uh, actually an ultra minimally invasive uh, procedure. It's even less invasive than minimally invasive or what we knew uh, as minimally invasive. Minimally invasive involves the use of uh, tubular retractors and very commonly the use of a microscope. Now an endoscope, you, you should look at it as a, a pen, pen sized diameter uh, uh, tubular retractor that you can fit through the muscles without cutting the muscles. And through that cannula, special cannula that it's, it's not wider than a, a pen, uh, you can fit the scope. And the, the scope is actually cannulated, so you can fit the instruments through there and uh, do uh, most of the, uh, of the procedures through that kind of tool. So uh, the next thing is to uh, be able to massively educate and massively give uh, workshops for surgeons interesting, interested, I'm sorry, into uh, uh, 
further advancing their career into more and, 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 and I mean less invasive procedures and less invasive options, uh, offering at the same time a safer environment for the patient to uh, be taken care of. Uh, contrary to, to what many surgeons think, uh, minimally invasive and endoscopic spine procedures actually aim to, uh, to conquer the same difficulties as uh, open procedures. So we, we aim for doing the same. We are actually uh, getting the same results. And some of, some of the uh, procedures are even proven to be safer through endoscopic means than open or minimally invasive procedures. Got it. That's so interesting to hear and great to, to have that perspective. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, yes. I'm wondering, what do you think will be the lasting legacy of COVID-19 on orthopedics and spine? Oh, boy. Oh, COVID has left us uh, many important lessons. Uh, we are now able to communicate with our patients through improved uh, video uh, conference platforms, just like we're doing right now, except that we're not having video now. Uh, we are able to continue medical education through uh, virtual scenarios that now have proven to be successful. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago that one of my teachers in Korea was conducting a, a full a virtual a workshop and uh, he placed one of those new uh, 360 video cameras inside the OR. And for people who were using the VR, the virtual reality goggles, they could literally just dive into the operating room and have a look around and feel like if they were actually inside the operating room. So I see a lot of uh, technology fusing with uh, educational programs to aid uh, the surgeons and to aid in better educational opportunities, definitely. Well, that's really exciting to hear. Dr. Garcia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Definitely. I will uh, be looking forward to connecting again, Laura. Thank you for having me, and thank you to uh, all the team.